Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of February 3. In the news, the International Court of Justice hears cases of Armenia against Azerbaijan and Azerbaijan against Armenia on the application of CERD. The siege of Artsakh because of Azerbaijan's ongoing blockade of the Lachin Corridor is now in its 54th day. And in an interview, Russia's foreign affairs minister says that as a result of the 2020 Artsakh war, Azerbaijan was able to reclaim the territories which belonged to it. This week, the International Court of Justice heard the cases of Armenia against Azerbaijan and Azerbaijan against Armenia in the cases concerning the application of International Convention of the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination. Yerisha Giragosyan, Armenia's representative on international legal matters, acting as Armenia's agent in front of the court, asked it to indicate the following provisional measures against Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan shall cease its orchestration and support of the alleged protests blocking uninterrupted free movement along the Lachin Corridor in both directions. Azerbaijan shall ensure uninterrupted free movement of all persons, vehicles, and cargo along the Lachin Corridor in both directions. Azerbaijan shall immediately fully restore and refrain from disrupting or impeding the provision of natural gas and other public utilities to Nagorno-Karabakh. Azerbaijan asked the court to implement the following provisional measures against Armenia. Armenia shall immediately take all necessary steps to enable Azerbaijan to undertake the prompt, safe, and effective demining of the towns, villages, and other areas to which Azerbaijani civilians will return in the Lachin district, Kelbachar district, and other formerly occupied districts of Azerbaijan, including by providing booby traps and other explosive devices in these areas in order to enable Azerbaijani internally displaced persons to return to their homes, and Armenia shall immediately cease and desist from any further efforts to plant or to sponsor or support the planting of landmines and booby traps in these areas to which Azerbaijani civilians will return in Azerbaijan's territory, including but not limited to the use of the Lachin Corridor for this purpose. The court is now deliberating both cases and will render its decision, um, this is according to their official statement, as soon as possible. And on Monday, we will be publishing an article by international uh, human rights lawyer um, Sheila Pailan about uh, this case. So you can look forward to that. Then today is the 54th day of Azerbaijan's blockade of the Lachin Corridor. The only vehicles allowed to enter and leave the Republic of Artsakh are those of the International Committee of the Red Cross and the Russian peacekeeping contingent. On February 1, the International Committee of the Red Cross tweeted that they are working to ensure the continuity of emergency health and ambulance services along the Lachin Corridor and that the ICRCA has facilitated the safe passage of 60 patients needing urgent medical care. They said their teams have also delivered medicine, baby formula, and food to health facilities in Artsakh. That same day, the Russian Defense Ministry said that the Russian peacekeepers escorted a convoy carrying humanitarian aid through the Gori-Stepanagerd route. The Russian side also reported that the command of the peacekeeping mission is continuing negotiations with the Azerbaijani and Armenian sides to restore unhindered transportation through the Stepanagert Goris Road. 
And the uh, NKR Info Center reports that gas supply has been fully restored in Artsakh, which was again cut off. And as uh, of recording, there is delivery of natural gas and schools are resuming in Artsakh, although with shorter hours. And on January 31, after a lull in Russian mediation efforts and Armenia-Russian talks, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan had a telephone conversation with President Vladimir Putin of Russia, according to the Kremlin. The phone conversation was initiated by the Armenian side. The ongoing humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh resulting from the Azerbaijani blockade was discussed during the meeting. Pashinyan underscored the necessary steps that should be taken by Russia to overcome the crisis. In this context, reference was also made to the activities of the Russian peacekeeping mission in Nagorno-Karabakh. This week, the British Embassy in Yerevan confirmed that the UK government-funded START Fund has allocated 350,000 British pounds to support those affected by the closure of the Lachin Corridor. START Fund is administered by the START Network, a UK charity made up of multiple NGOs to which the UK is a major donor. This funding is being delivered locally through ACTED and people in need to help address the humanitarian needs of those affected by the closure of the corridor. On January 29, during Sunday services, Pope Francis renewed his appeal for the grave humanitarian situation in the Lachin Corridor. He said, I am close to all those who, in the dead of winter, are forced to cope with these inhumane conditions. Every effort must be made at the international level to find peaceful solutions for the good of people, he said. And over the past weekend, Dunya Mijatovic, Council of Europe's Commissioner for Human Rights, tweeted, saying the present situation shows once more the importance of ensuring free and unhindered access of humanitarian assistance and international human rights missions to all areas and people, including those residing in Nagorno-Karabakh. She also called on the relevant authorities to come up with effective and flexible modalities of access, enabling all relevant actors, including her office, to reach out to those in need of humanitarian assistance and human rights protection as a matter of priority. The European Union's foreign policy chief, Joseph Borrell, said this week that the EU is not considering imposing sanctions on Azerbaijan over its ongoing blockade of the Lachin Corridor, despite international calls for the reopening of the only lifeline Artsakh has with the rest of the world. Baku is insisting that the so-called protesters have the right to demand that it be allowed to inspect so-called illegal mining in Garapag. The This position has led some members of the European Parliament to call for EU sanctions against Baku. Sanctions are only one of the EU's tools to promote the objectives of the common foreign and security policy and are not being considered in this case, Borrell's office said in a written response to one of those European parliamentarians. The EU's efforts with Armenia and Azerbaijan are focused on achieving solutions through dialogue to which the leaders of both countries have expressed their commitment, added the letter. And yesterday, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, made several provocative remarks regarding the Armenia-Azerbaijan talks. Lavrov stated that Armenia had been occupying the seven regions um, belonging to Azerbaijan for many years and later, disheartened, Armenia wanted to solve the issue through political means. According to the Russian foreign minister, Russia had presented many solutions which the previous Armenian authorities were not happy with, wanting to preserve the territory towards which they had not laid any claims. Yes, Azerbaijan reclaimed the territories which belonged to it, Lavrov said. He also reiterated one of his previous statements that by agreeing to sign the Armenia-Azerbaijan Peace Treaty based on the 1991 Alma-Ata Declaration, Armenia recognized that nagorno karabakh is part of Azerbaijan. 
Iran. This, according to Lavrov, has created difficulties for Russia to decide on further steps to be taken. Lavrov again stated that the CSTO is ready to send a mission to Armenia within a day or two, despite the difficult circumstances on the ground. He added that the mission has been ready for a long time, but the Armenian friends refused the mission because the CSTO did not condemn Azerbaijan's actions in September. In response to the harsh criticism of the EU civilian monitoring mission to Armenia uh, by the Russian Foreign Ministry last week, an EU spokesperson said that the EUMA, this is the monitoring mission, civilian, uh, it is not directed against Russia. Um, says Russia has obviously misunderstood the purpose of this mission and continues to misjudge the involvement of the EU in our common neighboring region as directed against Russia. More importantly, this is not Russia's business. The EU mission was launched based on the request and free decision of the authorities in Armenia. Uh, this is the European External Action Services, uh, Peter Stano, uh, who said this. And Armenian Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan visited Kazakhstan on a working visit where he participated in the regular session of the Eurasian Intergovernmental Council in Almaty. At this session, the prime ministers of the five countries comprising the Eurasian Economic De Union discussed a number of issues related to Eurasian integration, including the operation of the internal market, the financing of industrial cooperation, the development of agro-industrial complex, and cooperation in the energy sector. On the sidelines of the meeting, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan met with his Russian counterpart Mikhail Mishustin, who said Russia sincerely appreciates the allied and partnered relations with Armenia. He emphasized economic cooperation and bilateral trade, which grew significantly last year, exceeding $4 billion. Mishustin argued that Armenian businesses have an excellent opportunity to work in the Russian market due to the withdrawal of, quote, unfriendly countries. Uh, Mishustin stated that Russia is consistently advocating the unblocking of economic and transport communication in Transcaucasia, these are his words, the creation of new transport infrastructure routes is in the interests of all states of the region, he said. In his speech, Pashinyan focused on Armenian security issues. He said that the humanitarian crisis in Artsakh is escalating due to the blockade of the Lachin Corridor. He called it a very important and sensitive issue in our bilateral relations. Pashinyan says he sees no progress in the CSTO in an implicit reference to Armenia's insistence that Azerbaijan's aggression be condemned by its allies. Pashinyan also said that at the CSTO summit in Yerevan last November, Russian President Vladimir Putin had arrived with specific proposals for opening up regional infrastructure. He said an agreement was reached, but they could not be implemented later due to the unconstructive and counterproductive position of Azerbaijan. He stressed that Armenia is interested in opening all transport and economic infrastructures in the region because it has been under Azerbaijani blockade for the last 30 years, but it should happen in accordance with Armenian legislation. Armenian Foreign Minister Art Mirzoyan had a telephone conversation with, with Japanese Foreign Minister Yoshimasa Hayashi earlier this week and discussed issues related to regional security and stability. Mirzoyan presented the details of the humanitarian crisis caused by Azerbaijan's illegal blockade of the Lachin Corridor and emphasized the need for clear steps by the international community aimed at the immediate unblocking of the corridor, as well as ensuring the unimpeded humanitarian access of relevant international structures to Nagorno-Karabakh. Deepening Armenian-Japanese relations was also discussed. 
On January 29, Egyptian President el-Sisi made a historic uh, visit to Armenia. This is the first Egyptian leader to come uh, to the country. Uh, he met with Armenian uh, President Vahakin Khachaturian and Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan. El-Sisi said Egypt has a neutral position regarding the Armenian-Azerbaijani conflict and offered his country's mediation. The U.S. State Department has appointed Luis Bono as senior advisor for caucuses negotiations, replacing uh, Philip Breaker. In a press release, Secretary Antony Blinken said that the U.S. is committed to helping Armenian-Azerbaijan negotiate a comprehensive peace agreement, including a long-term political settlement to the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. According to the statement by Blinken, Bono will engage bilaterally with like-minded partners, including the European Union, and with international organizations such as the OSCE to facilitate direct dialogue between Armenia and Azerbaijan during a press briefing on February 1. Vedant Patel, the deputy spokesperson of the State Department, said that Bono will be will represent the U.S. in the OSCE Minsk Group co-chair format as his predecessors have done. Armenia's defense ministry reported that on January 27, Azerbaijan handed over the body of an Armenian soldier who was killed in the September 13-14 Azerbaijani attack on Armenia. The soldier was killed near the village of Nerkinhand, and as a reminder, 224 Armenian soldiers were killed in the large-scale offensive. Since November 29, 2022, Azerbaijan returned 156 bodies to Armenia. An Armenian serviceman was wounded by a gunshot after allegedly mishandling his weapon. The defense ministry said his condition was extremely serious. The incident occurred in the Rapan area, and law enforcement said another serviceman was suspected of having fired at his head while unloading an assault rifle. And an Armenian army captain has been charged with high treason for allegedly providing foreign intelligence agencies classified information on Armenia's military arsenal types and quantity of weaponry in his military base and information about the armaments acquired from India. And Defense Minister Suren Babikyan uh, commenced um, what they're calling surprise visits to all military units and bases. Armenia's Defense Ministry said the purpose of these uh, visits is to see firsthand the state of the military, including discipline, morale, and living conditions of the servicemen, uh, visiting the front line and assessing progress of the work being conducted. The minister will have direct conversations with servicemen, listening to their concerns and problems. And before we move on, this this week we launched uh, our magazine issue, Hard Power, that mm-hmm. touches upon on so many of these issues that we're talking about. Uh, it's the um, reforms in, in in the military, arms, arms procurement. procurement, and... Um, yeah, definitely should check it out. And... Um, Back to Yerevan, the Yerevan Municipality Safety Inspection Agency shut down one of the biggest markets in the capital this week after 17 fire safety violations were not addressed. Vendors at the Malatya market were in shock as they were told they would have to suspend their operations. The vendors staged a protest complaining that their livelihoods are at risk because of the shutdown. Uh, As of recording, the market remains closed. You know, it was after the tragic explosion of the Surmalu market last summer that killed 16 people and left scores injured that the city planning, fire, and technical safety inspectorate is visiting and inspecting all markets in the capital to ensure that all safety precautions 
um, have been implemented. And regarding the fire at the barracks, a second officer has been detained in connection with the January 19 fire um, at the military unit in Gerarkunik region that killed 15 servicemen and seriously injured three others. According to the Office of the Prosecutor General, the second officer identified as Major MS is the chief of the fire and rescue services of the military base in Gerard Kunik. Earlier, the deputy commander of the military base who was in charge of supply and accommodation was also arrested. Both are charged with military malpractice and negligence causing death. Three people talking about safety. Three people were injured following an explosion at a gas station in Vanatsor, Armenia's third largest city. All three were employees of the station. Two of the victims were transferred to the National Burn Center in Yerevan. According to the Ministry of Internal Affairs, the explosion took place in the morning. In the compressor section of the gas station, this is where um, many vehicles, many cars in Armenia run not on um, gasoline, but on compressed air or compressed natural gas. And it was here that the incident happened. And, you know, I've oftentimes seen people working at the gas station with cigarettes in their mouth. There's no sort of adherence to safety protocols. And this is why we're seeing so many tragic incidents like this. Uh, and in other news, not fire-related, Edward Agajanian, a member of parliament from the ruling Civil Contract Party, has resigned from his position as chair of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Foreign Relations. Agajanian will be replaced by another parliament member from the ruling faction, Sarkis Khandanian. And here we go, right? The former director of the Medzamor nuclear power plant has been charged with embezzling more than a million dollars. Gagik Margosyan, who served in this position from 2002 to 2014, failed to announce a bid for quotations from companies selling um, intermediate metal rods for the reactor. In 2011, Margosyan approved the purchase of 14 sets of metal rods from the only bidder. This was a Russian company named uh, Novenergoprom, um, and they, they bought it far above the market value at the time. As the equipment was not even necessary, it was stored in a central warehouse for an excessively long time, after which uh, it became obsolete because expiration date had passed. The former director was officially charged on January 31. And this week, several global indices were released. The Economist Intelligence Unit ranked Armenia 82nd in its 2022 Democracy Index. Armenia climbed seven positions, but continues to be classified as a hybrid regime. In its 2022 Corruption Perception Index, Transparency International lowered Armenia's score from 49 to 46 out of 100, ranking the country 63rd in the world. While in the Human Freedom Index, compiled by the Cato Institute and the Fraser Institute, Armenia ranked 26th globally, maintaining the same position from back in 2020. Armenia ranked 37th in personal freedoms and 11 in economic freedom. Um, and, and that's the kind of week, frustrating week, it's been here in Armenia and in the region you know, as the Lachin Corridor remains blocked, um, there's a lot of international calls, but um, the people of Artsakh continue to remain under siege. Um, and in this context, uh, I'd like to also let our viewers know that we have published our January 2023 security briefing. Um, I highly recommend people read it. It's, um, it not only provides the security context, um, but also um, offers a number of recommendations that Armenia's armed forces and Armenia's defense ministry could undertake to help um, 
increase Armenia's um, deterrence capabilities. So have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we will be back again next week. Mm-hmm.